I really love that video and the message in it. And it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. He says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul doesn't say for everything give thanks, but he does say in everything give thanks. In every circumstance, in every situation, whether good or bad, it's important for us to develop this attitude of being thankful. And um, it is a choice like the video reminds us of. The phrase that came to my mind, and I don't know if it's original or not, but it just came to me and it formed the, the catch point for the sermon today, and that's gritty gratitude. Because that is exactly what that video is talking about. It's choosing to be thankful even when times are difficult, even when you're facing hardship. If you can still have the grit to have that gratitude and to give thanks for something, it can help you get through the difficult times in a better way. Grit is something that in regards to a person it refers to a person's ability to persist after setbacks. And I don't know about you, but I've seen people in my life, and there are people here at this church that I continue to see who seem to, to, to go through one setback after another, and yet they keep coming, and they keep praying, and they keep trusting, and they keep giving thanks. That is gritty gratitude, and it inspires me. A person who has grit has courage and they have resolve and they have a strength of character that only God can really give. But it is an attitude that we need to develop. It's not something that just comes naturally and that's what I want to share with you today. So again, if you don't remember anything else from this message, I hope you'll remember that phrase, this phrase, gritty gratitude and have that grit. It doesn't mean that it's a begrudging gratitude, but literally it's one that is going to persevere and, and to choose to see the things that we can be thankful for, even through difficult times. Let's look at that scripture passage again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I've got it on the screen in a couple of different translations, because it really does give the attitude uh, that we're to have. It says, in everything, this is the New King James Version, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, what is God's will for my life? And I know that they're asking that and they're talking about specific things, but you know, if we're not willing to even follow what God's will for our life is in the general things, it's going to be difficult to figure out what he wants for us to do specifically. And this is one of the general things that we are told in black and white, literally, uh, boldly, this is God's will for you to have gritty gratitude. It doesn't say it in that way, but to learn to be thankful even in difficult circumstances. God wants you to have this kind of attitude in Christ Jesus. The New International Version translates it this way, give thanks in all circumstances. And again, that's what it's talking about. No matter what circumstance of life you're going through, can you look around, and even though you're acknowledging the bad stuff that's happening, you're able to pick out some things that is still a, a ray of sunshine or something that you're thankful for, and that will help change your attitude as you go through your difficulty. Um, 
God wants you to cultivate this, but we all understand that it doesn't come naturally. Just think about life itself. We, we see those beautiful kids up here today and their parents, and I'm, I'm not trying to discourage you parents, but, but those of us that have been parents, and some of you that are parents with these kids up here, you've already had other kids, so you're learning this. But any of us that have had children know that we don't tend to be grateful. We're kind of selfish little creatures, aren't we, <laughs> when, when we are born? You know, we, we cry when we're hungry. We cry when we're uncomfortable. We cry when we're upset. And maybe by the time we're 40 or 50, we learn not to do that. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, we do that when we're kids. And as children, children need to be taught to express gratitude. Now, they might somehow feel it inside when they get what they want, they're satisfied for a moment, so then, oh, it's like they, they quiet down. But we need to teach our children to express gratitude because if we don't do that, we tend to grow up and we tend to take people for granted, we tr tend to take things for granted, and we become just selfish and small-minded. So learning to say thank you as children and to develop that awareness in their lives as parents if we help them do that, it really will be a benefit to our life. As you know, I like to do word studies and those kind of things, whether it's English language or whatever, because I just like to understand some of the words that we use. And I've said that phrase a lot, you know, being taken for granted. We've all done that. But do you really know what it means I mean, we understand the concept, but if you look up the definition, it literally means to fail to appreciate something. It's a failure to appreciate. When you take something for granted, you just assume that it's always going to be there, that it's always going to give you what you want. It's that way uh, in our relationships, in our family relationship. Many, um, a lot of marriage counseling that I've done over the years has to do with people feeling taken for granted. Again, their partner fails to appreciate what they are doing for them. It's easy for us to point out the flaws in our partner, in our marriage relationship, in our friends, our family. It's easy to point out the flaws. But what we need to do is, as we're looking at those things that can be improved upon, we need to give thanks for the good things that that person is doing or has brought to our lives. In fact, as I was doing a little bit of research just on a on a practical, kind of non-spiritual way of looking at this, there is a psychologist named Robert Emmons. And if you have the sermon notes in the, in the Bible app, um, and a lot of you get that when we send out the text, if you've signed up to get text before the service. So I actually put a link for this in there. But if you do a search on the, on the internet of Robert Emmons, and you can associate that with greater good, You'll probably find some information, but I was surprised to realize that this is a, an area of study that this psychologist actually specializes in, and he's considered like the world leader in the psychology of gratitude. I didn't know there was such a thing. But uh, this is uh, what he says. He says, gratitude can have a lasting positive impact if we work towards incorporating it into our lives and into our days. Research has shown that gratitude reduces stress increases self-esteem, and improves relationships. Further research that's been done in marriage relationships says this, in situations where annoyance or anger would be the easy response, a lens of gratitude gives you the perspective shift you need to see the full context of the situation. It helps you zoom out to see the whole person 
and their positive qualities that benefit you instead of zeroing in on just one mistake or one flaw. And oftentimes that's what we do, isn't it? Because it's easy to think about what irritates us, what irks us, what makes us angry, and we want to focus on that, and sometimes we forget the benefits that that person or that situation brings to us. It happens in the church. Uh, You know, one thing can go wrong in a worship service, and everybody can focus on that one wrong thing rather than all the other good things that God is doing through that worship service. Can I get an amen? I mean, I'm not saying that anything went wrong today, but I'm just saying that's, that's how we tend to be. Uh, you look at a white sheet of paper, and if there's one little tiny speck of dirt on it, what do you focus on? The one little tiny speck of dirt, you forget all the good of the white paper there. That's how it is in our life. We tend to focus on the negative stuff. And what God wants us to do is to acknowledge, look, we're all flawed. We've all got sins. We all are standing in the need of forgiveness. And so we need to have a gratitude to God who offers us that grace and that forgiveness and that newness of life. And we need to focus on those things. Um, Go ahead and put the next slide up. So I am talking today about gratitude versus (laughs) gripitude. So do you have a gripitude? In other words, do you just gripe at this and that and the things that you see wrong in your life or with others, or are you learning to have some gratitude? So I put some questions on the screen there that I'd like for you to think about today, and I'd encourage you to jot them down. Uh, Again, if you've got the sermon notes, and I'd like for you to think about that later today and even this week as we move toward Thanksgiving If you have opportunity to gather with a few friends or family or whatever, however you're going to celebrate that holiday, I'd like for you to think about these things. And when you're together, maybe just take a moment to talk to somebody that you're gathered with there. Maybe somebody that even rubs you the wrong way sometimes. But try to think about something positive that you benefit from in their life or that you appreciate about them. And jot down those things and take the time to express that to them. Um, it'll, it'll be a stretch for some of you, but that's gritty gratitude. It's easy to have, you know, the good gratitude that's not much of a challenge. But what about for those that tend to rub you the wrong way? Is there something that you can be thankful for out of their life? So what are some little everyday things that someone does for you that is helpful? Or what are some things that people do or have done that you benefit from their actions? And have you told them thank, thank you? And, and even if you've told them thank you or if you haven't, How, how have you tried to show them that you appreciate them? So this principle is true in our earthly relationships, our day-in, day-out relationships, but it is absolutely true in our relationship with God, that spiritual aspect, because God has expended great effort and energy toward us to bless us with our life, and how often do we really take the time throughout the day to give him thanks for those things that we take for granted, such as our eyesight, the ability to speak, the ability to hear and listen, the ability to enjoy music, the gift of music, the, the ability to feel warmth or to feel coolness, the ability to experience things, the good things. I know we all think about pain we experience, but what about all the good and pleasant sensations that we're able to experience. We just take it for granted. We think it's always going to be there, or we just deserve it. But no, we need to acknowledge there is a creator God who gave us all these wonderful gifts, and so he wants us to be grateful for them. In fact, sad to say, but we, we all know that it's not until we start losing some of those things that then we begin to fully appreciate them. 
I'll make the obvious joke, you know, I, I really appreciate having hair. I, I, I found that, you know, that I appreciated it a lot more as I was losing it. Because it used to be when I would get up in the morning and I had lots of hair, and uh, sometimes it was hard to manage my hair. And I did have long hair when I was in, like, high school and stuff back in the day and all that. That's, the point is this. Sometimes I'd get frustrated shampooing my hair because it would kind of get oily and stuff. And I was always, it, it wasn't real manageable. And it wasn't until I lost it that I'm like, you know, it wasn't really that bad. I kind of like, like that. So, and I'm saying that as a silly little joke, but, but it's, think about that. There's so many things in your life that you're able to enjoy and benefit from. And are you taking that for granted? Don't wait till you lose it to start giving thanks to God for those things. Gratitude is the way and thankfulness is the way that we are to come before God. The Bible instructs us that the proper way to worship God is to begin by saying thank you. Because again, he has expended all of this energy and effort to bless us in so many ways. Psalm 104 says this, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Without gratitude, we can't really worship God in the way that he deserves. And again, we can often think about the things maybe that we don't have or that we'd like to have, and sometimes we pray and we ask God for those things we don't have, but make sure that you're thanking God for the things that you do have and the blessings that he's given you. Because the Apostle Paul writes about some people in history, in the world, that did not do that. They did not learn to thank God, to appreciate God, and it led them down a very dark path. We see this in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. It says this, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And this is the danger I see today in our culture, in America, when we begin to cast off belief in God or the desire to want to honor God or recognize God or follow God, and we see that elevated in many parts of our culture, we're casting off those things, we're claiming to be wise, we're claiming to be enlightened, and by the very act of doing these things, we're beginning to head down a very dark path because number one, we're not acknowledging God we try to come up with all other ways that we got here and trying to explain how we got here without the fact that there is a God who created us and is wise. So we try to get that out of the picture and we try to explain other ways that we arrived here. And then not only that, but certainly if we don't acknowledge there's a God or maybe we think there's a God but we're not sure, we certainly don't give thanks to God. Again, we're becoming small-minded and self-focused as a culture. And so ingratitude can lead us down a dark path. And I do believe that that's one of the symptoms of the problems that we're experiencing in America today. Uh, with all the division and the things that are going on, I think it is a lack of us acknowledging that there is a creator God who loves us and also the fact that we are not being thankful to him. We're becoming selfish, self-centered, and uh, that's enough said about that. So there's a stark contrast that we learn in the scriptures that uh, David writes in Psalm 95. He says this about 
our thankfulness to God, and it needs to be expressed openly. So gratitude needs to be expressed openly. In Psalm 95, 1, it says this, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with what? Thanksgiving. There it is. And he's not talking about the holiday, folks. He's talking about that attitude. Gritty gratitude. Come before him with thanksgiving. Doesn't matter whether you're going through a tough time or a good time. Come before him with thanksgiving. It's the way we approach him. And extol him with music and song. We've done that this morning in this worship gathering. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. I don't have it on the screen, but it goes on and it's talking about God as our creator. And it says, in his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we're the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And you see, when we have that kind of gritty gratitude, even when we're going through tough times that we recognize, God, I know that I I may not even be feeling you right now, but I'm trusting and I know that you are there. And I'm thankful that you're giving me the opportunity even now to pray to you. And though I can't see the end from the beginning, I know you're there, I trust you. And so I thank you. I thank you for the promises I have in Christ. I thank you for the strength that you give me from day to day. There are things that you can be thankful for even in the midst of difficulty. And so this is something that we need to develop. David, again, even as he said we are to have this gratitude, he wasn't saying that when we're going through a tough time, it has to be an inauthentic gratitude or that we somehow have to ignore our problems. We can acknowledge our problems and our hurts and pains to God. In fact, he wants us to. But even as we do that, again, we need to find something to be thankful to him about and express it. So in Psalm 69, verses 29 through 31, look at what David says here. He says, I am sad and hurting. So he's acknowledging the tough time that he's going through. God, save me and protect me. But then look what he writes here. I will praise God in a song and will honor him by giving thanks. That is gritty gratitude. He's experiencing difficulty and setbacks, and yet in the midst of it, he's got that grit. He's got that strength. He's making a choice. I am going to choose to find something to be thankful to you, God, for, because I know that you are great, and I know that you care about me, though I'm going through this tough time. And then then he makes this statement, that will please the Lord more than offering him cattle, more than sacrificing a bull with horns and hooves. Now, he was referring, of course, to the sacrificial system that had been set up, but God had said all along that the sacrificial system that was set up was ultimately being an object lesson to point the way to the one great sacrifice that God himself would make on our behalf for all of our failures, our shortcomings, our sins. And so the sacrificial system, again, was a way of teaching people that something innocent would die for our sins. And it was pointing the way to Christ, who had no sin. He was God in the flesh. As the song sang about, he took on flesh, became one of us, became human so we could know his love. And then in his perfection in Christ, he laid his life down on the cross of Calvary for you and me. That's how great God's love is. He did not have to die. He never committed a sin. He was falsely accused. He, he would, I, I've often said it, Jesus was crucified for telling the truth. They just didn't believe him. Because they asked him, are you the son of God? And he said, yes, it is as you say. And then the, the religious leaders of the day are like, blasphemy, that can't be true. Let's put him to death. 
And he could have called 10,000 angels to come and take him down off that cross or to not even go to the cross to begin with, but his great love held him on that cross for you and me. The perfect died for the imperfect, the righteous for the unrighteous, you and I. Jesus gave his life. That's how much he loves us. And then he conquered death so that we, when we are going through our times of suffering and difficulty, we can know there's a hope beyond our suffering and our pain because Jesus went through suffering and pain and he conquered death. And he said, if any would come to him, that he would in no wise cast them out. He takes us into his family and he promises that if we believe in him, though we die, yet we shall live. We have promises in Christ that the world cannot give. And so that is something that we need to be thankful for even as we're going through our suffering, our difficult times, is to give thanks to, to God in Christ Jesus for what he has done for us. So anyway, it's a choice. I said all that to say this. It is a choice. And when we choose to give thanks to God, even in our hurt and pain, it is like in the Old Testament times when they brought a sacrifice, an animal, and they slew it and they put it on the altar and offered it up to God. This is saying your gritty gratitude, your thankfulness to God in the midst of your pain and difficulty, that is a sacrifice that's more precious to him than any animal you could offer. And so we need to think about it this way. And again, it goes back to a choice. There's a famous English Bible scholar named Matthew Henry. And he's written commentaries that are still used uh, by a lot of people today. But once during his time of ministry, he was attacked by thieves and he was robbed of his money. And he wrote these words in his diary. This is an example of gritty gratitude. He says, let me be thankful first that I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my money, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took all I had, it wasn't very much. <laughs> and then fourth, let me be thankful because I, it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. You see what I'm saying? Now, that is a great example of gritty gratitude. We can, we can always be thankful for things. I, I, I shared in the first service hadn't planned on sharing it, and it's just a, a personal example in my life of how I've learned some of this. And this is in no way to puff myself up, but a little over a year ago, um, we have a storage building uh, on our property up next to the highway where we live. And a little over a year ago, when I came home one day, I noticed that the storage building door was kind of, looked like it was open a little bit, and I always have it shut and locked. So as I got on that vehicle and I walked toward the storage building, I noticed that the window in the storage building was broken. So I'm like, uh-oh. Walked over to the door, and sure enough, it had been pried open. I opened it up, and our riding lawnmower was gone. It was gone. And I'm like, daggone it. Somebody's broken in and stolen the tractor. And when I called the sheriff's department, and they came out, I mean, I was looking while waiting for them to arrive because I wanted to report it, of course. And what was amazing was whoever did this had apparently pulled up on the highway next to our house. They had come through the, the grass between the highway and our chain link fence that, that the highway puts in to separate the properties from the road. They had cut the chain link fence, spread it apart. They had broken into our storage building, had pushed the, pushed the mower out and around the storage building because you could see the trail in the grass because I hadn't mowed it yet. And <laughs> you could see the trail in the grass going around the building and then through the chain link fence and out to the highway, and there it disappeared. It just went out to the highway and it disappeared. So we knew somebody must have pulled up with a small flatbed, shoved it onto the flatbed, and drove off with it. 
Now, yes, I was irritated. I really was. But honestly, I kind of smiled. I'm like, you know what? They might have stolen that riding lawnmower. It was 13 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, and it was having some issues. And I was thinking about replacing it anyway. So <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If they needed that bad, let them have it. And uh, I was also thankful that we had some insurance. It didn't cover for the whole cost of what we wanted to replace it with because we replaced it with a better mower. But the thing is, I'm just trying to say it was a practical example for me that even though, yes, I was irritated and irked, I'm like, what nerve? How, how in the world could somebody... And it was in like broad daylight. I mean, we live right next to the hospital complex. There are all those doctor's offices and they had the nerve to do this, you know, right out by the highway and everything. But I thought you know what, there's still a lot of things I have to be thankful for in this. And, and so it's just one little example. And again, I'm not saying it's that great of a thing, but that's, I could, if, if this would have been 20 years ago, I wouldn't have had that attitude probably. It's something that over time has to be developed and it happens by practicing it. So I just encourage you to do that. It's something that God wants us to do. Gritty gratitude is expressed through prayer to God. So along with you not just feeling it, you need to express it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, the last part of verse 5, I wanted to include this because it makes this statement. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, if in everything, in every circumstance, instead of being anxious, and we do get anxious and I get anxious, I just keep reminding myself, instead of feeling anxious, I need to divert this anxious energy into prayer because worrying is not going to do a thing, but prayer will. And so I turn it to pray and I pray in everything and I give God thanks. Just thank you that I can come to you, God, even though I don't understand all of this. And even though sometimes I don't even feel you in my life, Lord, I am thanking you because I'm trusting in your promises. And anyway, if we do that, eventually, you may not feel it right in the moment, but eventually you will feel that peace of God within you that transcends our understanding. And this goes back to something I said earlier. Gritty gratitude comes out of a recognition and understanding of what Jesus Christ has done for you. I referred back to that a little bit ago. If you don't understand how much God loves you and the fact that he did die on the cross for your sins, your wrongdoing, that's how much he loves you. As he hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. They don't understand. This is the kind of love God has for you. And he wants you to understand that. And if you can begin to understand that kind of love that he has for you, then it will help you to have a sense of gratitude even as you go through difficult times. So this scripture passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18 says this. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. There, that's a description saying because we have this confidence and because we understand what Christ has done for us, as we're going through tough times and we give thanks and as other people understand what Christ has done for them, even though we're hurting, we, because of that, because we understand how much Jesus loves us and the future we have beyond these trials of life and these problems, it causes us to begin to overflow with thanksgiving to God's glory. And then he says this in verse 16, because this is what they went through. 
Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You know, you know what those light and momentary trials are that Paul was writing about here? Oh, it was just little things like being ostracized from society. It was a little thing like being kicked out of a town because you dared to talk about Jesus and they didn't agree with you. Oh, it was a little light and momentary thing about people picking up stones and throwing at you and trying to kill you and stone you to death because they disagreed with your opinion. We see this again. We see it today when we express our views about Christ and we try to talk about Jesus. For those that disagree with our viewpoints, they can become very... um, Violent either in their words or their attitudes or their actions. It's a form of persecution. This is the light and momentary trials that Paul was talking about. In other words, he was putting it in perspective. They weren't really light. They were momentary, but they weren't really light trials. But he was saying, when I think about the glory of Christ and what he's got for us eternally, that far outweighs them all. And then he says this in verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's how you could have gritty gratitude is to look beyond the trials and the difficulties that are in your midst and in front of you and to lift your eyes and to look to a God who cares for you and who loves you and a Christ who died for you and he is available to you and that's how you can begin to give thanks even in the midst of your difficulty and pain and that's what begins to develop grit within you and a ability to persevere even as you go through setbacks and to be thankful. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 sums it all up, and it sums it up by saying that this gritty gratitude will help us through life. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, so then just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That can only happen if you truly are trusting Christ as your Savior and you're spending time reading his word, seeking to follow him, being in fellowship with other believers who will encourage you and uh, who can pray for you and encourage you as you go through difficult times. This is what God has called us to. And so I hope today this message will be an encouragement to you to begin to develop that gritty gratitude, not just to be thankful in general, but to really have a gritty gratitude Um, that will encourage you and inspire others. So would you stand with me and uh, will you pray to God right now and just acknowledge him, acknowledge to him what you're thankful for and we're gonna close with a song and during the time as always while the song is being played, if you wanna come up to the front and pray, we have some Stephen ministers that are up front or I'll be up front here and you can just come and stand or sit at the front in the chairs, whatever, whatever you feel led to do. But this is just an opportunity to either ask for prayer or to just say thank you to God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. I am thankful that today, as I stand before all these people and as this message goes out online, that this is not something I'm just making up out of my head, out of my mind. Lord, you've given me the privilege of learning from your word that has been recorded for centuries and centuries and centuries and has stood the test of time 
And it is a witness to the world of how you have preserved your word and the history of what you have done through the nation of Israel, but also the gift that you offer to the whole world through Christ. And we have the privilege of having that written down for us. So thank you for your written word. Thank you that today I can read from it and we can learn from it and I can share it. And I thank you, Lord, that, Lord Jesus, you are the living word that came out of heaven and came among us and walked among us and gave your life for us and ascended back up into heaven and sent your Holy Spirit into the world that you would be with us and that you would even indwell us, your spirit and our spirit, if we would open our life to you. So I thank you, Lord, for all of these things. And I thank you for the promise we have of eternal life in you beyond the trials and the tragedies of this life. So, Lord, in these moments now, help us to give you thanks. Help us to raise our eyes above the things that we see that trouble us and to fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, that we don't see you, we believe, and we thank you. And Lord, touch our hearts today and help us to respond in a way that would honor you. And uh, if there's any listening to this message who has entrusted you as Savior in these moments, touch their heart. Help them to open their life to you and to receive you fully as Savior and Lord of their life. And then join the journey with us as we seek to follow you and serve you in this world in your precious name.